0: Good evening glorious humans of the internet. Welcome to another episode of the Team Ability Podcast. Uh, Chad, Andy, and Brett bringing real talk uh, to disabilities with no excuses. I guess I spoiled it in the tagline. Brett's back with us once more because gosh darn it, it's been so much fun uh, that we just keep doing it. So just say hi to everybody. Let everybody know
1: that you're, you're there on the other side of the internet. What's happening fellas? So excited to be joining you once again.
2: Listen guys, I had a good week how long has it been since we talked
1: it's been about Two a week well regardless
2: week. um i had a good weekend i spent the day with maya and uh i think that's gonna lead in kind of to what we're talking about right um amanda took a, she went on like a, a day-long retreat so um maya and me sounds like the name of a show me and maya maya and me
0: maya and me it does it sounds like an 80s sitcom it needs a theme song, like yeah, Charles in Charge. work
2: on that musician? Okay, um, I'll get
0: on it. I've got the summer off, so I got nothing to do. I'll just write you a theme song for your. We'll start you and your a YouTube daughter.
2: channel. I, I had to do everything, obviously, because Amanda was gone, and then my mom came down to help out with uh, some of the stuff that that I have some trouble with. So, so I mean, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, um, the podcast is called No Excuses but there, there are times where we have to let our pride put our pride aside to to ask for help because uh, there are there are things that we can't do right so 100
0: percent, yeah 100 percent. i think that's a great uh great talking point for tonight's episode and we'll sort of tie in some stuff around that but um the uh the ability or, or lack of ability sometimes to ask for help uh can be crushing uh, and i think that um as uh, as wheelchair users, I know Brett and I are primary wheelchair users uh, all the time, and and Andy, uh, um, you have your own limitations as well, and and I think we get real stubborn about it, right? We don't want others' help. I don't need your help, uh, but there are moments that we do, and we have to um, we have to accept that with grace, but also uh, do it in a way that we're we're not relying on it. Um, I know far too many people that are content to accept help all the time and only let others do stuff for them um, and limit themselves. And uh, that's
2: disheartening as well. Right. I think I can be stubborn. Like I, um, like I've said before, I don't use accessible parking spots. I'll um, I'll figure out ways to get things done and and kind of as a last resort is uh, you know what I can't do, xyz i have to ask for help right there's all kinds of examples of of uh yeah i don't know how to say it other than humbling yourself to your disability right and uh, it's kind of counterproductive to what we're trying to do with the podcast but at the same time it's it, it's it's a reality right so
0: i don't know yeah i think we have to um acknowledge our own limitations as hard as that may be for us um Varetsky, let's jump in for for our listeners who maybe don't know you as well as uh, they know us and and again if you've been listening since day one we just want to say thanks and you can go back and check out all the old episodes on itunes spotify anchor whatever podcatcher you're using so please uh, go back and, and check that out i genuinely think we're getting better at this than, than, we, than we were when we started and it's been fun kind of joining in on this uh, this journey, this vision of Andy's to create this podcast surrounding our disabilities and sort of bringing real talk and no excuses. So, Mr. No Excuses, welcome to the team officially, Brett. Exactly how stubborn are you uh, in relates to your disability and uh, what you will not let others do for yourself or, or how much pride uh, do you carry around being able to do things yourselves?
1: For the most part, I feel like I'm pretty self-sufficient. I can get in and out of my car Okay. I obviously have my license and I drive like we've been talking about for the last number of episodes. Um, I, st- I do struggle with some things um, like uh, floor to wheelchair transfers are a struggle. Um, that's incredibly uh, random. It, the fact, even though it's random, it, it, uh, it does happen from time to time. And 90% of the time I will do my best to muscle through it. Yeah. But there are times where, especially when people are around, uh, if there are people are around and I'm just not feeling it, I I'm going to ask for help. Uh, because the, the, the worst, the worst thing I can do to myself. And we, we've, we may have talked about this before. Uh, I've, uh, I've flipped out of my chair from time to time, doing s- just day-to-day stuff, and <laughs> I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. I swear. Yeah, because it's happened to you too. I'm
0: sure. Um, so back up a little bit, Brett, because I've had three conversations this week alone with people that I work with who are able-bodied individuals who are listening to our podcast, which is super rad. Um, and so maybe we need to. Sort of back up and um, and you know help the those those uh, listeners that are that are trying to trying to understand. So you're, you're speaking of when you're on the floor trying to get into your chair, yeah?
1: Yeah, one hundred percent. When I'm on the floor trying to get into my chair, but even then, I'm realizing that from time to time I struggle with my bed to chair transfers or my shower bench to chair transfers or my, for lack of a better term, pisser to chair. <laughs> um, and, and I mean, if, if I worked on them, they probably could be a lot better, but I, I just, who who has time to work on their transfers? Ain't nobody got time by that. Like, uh, I'm blessed. I work 15 minutes from home. So I, I wake up in the morning, have a shower, go grab my lunch from the kitchen and get in my car and go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm literally up 45 minutes before I got to get to work.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My time management skills need a hell of a lot of work, but I think that's irrelevant to what we're talking about at the moment.
2: Well,
0: I just I get up and go. You uh, you mentioned something that resonated with me. Um, he's, uh, just to back up a second there, you said when people are around, it's so much more difficult. And I, you're 100%... Right. Uh, whether it is, you know, you have that momentary fall out of your chair for one reason or another, all of a sudden, everything is magnified and amplified when you know there are eyes on you, because then it becomes a, oh, my goodness, look at that poor boy moment. Right. And you're you're quickly jumping up, trying to trying to, you know, save face and and <laughs> try to look less like an idiot <laughs> and and uh, versus if it's just you at, at home by yourself, whatever. Something like that happens. You kind of chuckle and and you know make it make it. Make I it did work.
1: a of that out of a bar back in December, and to be perfectly honest with you, as soon as I came to, I was absolutely horrified. Not for the fact that my face was bashed and I had blood streaming down, but for the people that were surrounded by surrounding me. There there was like thirty people wondering if I was okay. Yeah. The the fact that I'm in a wheelchair made it a hell of a lot worse. Why are these people around? Is it because I'm in a wheelchair, or is it because I'm on the ground and I'm bloodied and battered? That's an awesome point to stop and think of for a second. If you if you weren't in a chair, would there be thirty people around you? Probably not. And forgive me if I'm wrong, but probably no, I, I think you're, I think you're right. I think they would. A lot of people would just be looking, telling me to get
2: my ass up. Yeah,
1: yeah, right. You did this to yourself, man. Get up. The,
2: um... I have a, a similar story. Um, I one of the places I work out. I go I go to the gym, every, every well six days a week, but I also uh, work out at a karate school. The owner is a good friend of mine, and uh, the building's fully accessible. Like um, it, it's up to code. It's, it's amazing, but um, the incline to go in. If you don't hit it right, (laughs) you got to really lean forward, right? You guys know what I'm talking about as being chair users?
0: I know exactly. I know the building. Uh, I know exactly the door you're talking about. So, being that
2: I I don't use my chair as much as you guys, right, Um, I just, I'm not always aware of that stuff. I probably should be more aware, but anyways, I was wheeling up, and Chad, you know what I'm talking about, so it's a little bit of a steeper incline, but... Like I said, it's the code and I'm not faulting the building, the build owners, nothing like that. I just, it was my own stupidity and I just, um, I wasn't paying attention and I flipped back and and I smoked, I smoked my head off the ground. I must've been laying there for, uh, I don't know. I want to say three to five minutes. Nobody stopped uh, the owner of the building came out and he's like, man, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, I think so. It just, um, I'm just embarrassed more than anything else, which is what you guys are talking about. But I was like, you just happened to be like walking out. Like, he's like, no, you made it like, I heard you inside my office. <laughs> you caused <laughs> yeah, quite so, a ruckus young man. I mean, I get it. I get what you're saying, Brett. But at the same time, the wheelchair does not always equal people rushing to stop because, like I said, I was I was out for a couple minutes at least and nobody so,
0: – did you – so you fell over backwards in the chair, Andy. Did you – like people were walking by and no one bothered even asking how you were or to help you up or anything?
2: I don't know if anybody walked by, but there were certainly cars, right? Yeah. Like it's a pretty busy street. Sure, sure. You've been – and yeah uh, yeah i i i don't know
1: i've perfected falling backwards
2: (laughs) like a champ
1: uh you just you gotta learn to tuck your chin oh
2: and then you won't whiplash
1: uh well yeah something like that
0: and you probably just don't hit your head when you fall backwards too most of the time and maybe brett you can as the two wheelchair users here we can we can sort of share stories, but I tend to fall forward a lot more than fall back. I don't, you don't use the the lap belt in your chair, I assume. I don't even have a wheelchair or a belt on my chair. God bless you. Awesome. So uh, the last chair that I ordered brand new, I tried to get them to not put a lap belt on it. And they said, we have to have one. It's like law. I was like, okay. So as soon as it shows up, the first thing I do is take that thing off. Um, And maybe if you're, if you're thinking, you know, why, why'd you do that? Well, the, the simple fact is, I, I, I can't be bothered to to put on a seatbelt and take it off every time I get in and out of my chair. But also as we're just talking about falling over, you fall over backwards as Andy just described doing, going into the karate studio and you're strapped into your chair. It's a lot harder to get out because now it's super awkward. You're like reaching for your lap belt so that you can disassemble the human component from the machine and try and try and reset yourself. So anyways, I tend to, uh, the, the point of that is not having a lap belt I tend to fall forward a lot more than than backward uh, most of the time when I'm cooking at a, at a good speed I'll hit something that's in front of me uh, and and out I go and it's happened more times than I would like to admit and uh, sometimes in the middle uh, it's <laughs> it's happened once or twice in the middle of an intersection you, you catch a stick in it on a curb or something and and you're down and, and quickly trying to get back in your chair. And again, it's that embarrassing moment of, oh, God, I've fallen out of my chair. And there's people all around. Like, I've had people get out of their cars and ask if I needed help. And, you know, just embarrassing stuff.
1: I fell to, to, uh, two years ago in the middle of Front and Carlton Street in downtown Toronto. <laughs> I hit a streetcar track. Yeah, yeah. And I fell forward out of my chair, clear, clear out of my chair. Yeah. And I was lucky I was with people because it's a busy intersection in downtown Toronto. So my buddy, he, I found it funny because he walked right by me as if I hadn't fallen out of my chair, but he walked in front right by me because he was about to put his hand on a Mercedes that he thought was going to run me over. Nice. At least it would have been a Mercedes. That's cool. You would have got hit by an expensive car. So as he's doing this, he turns around and he says to two complete strangers, hey, can you help my friend into his chair, please? That's awesome.
0: And it, so, and it worked?
1: Yeah, I had a, a guy with his arm, hands underneath my arms and a guy cradling my feet, and they placed me gently back in my wheelchair. Yeah. yeah.
0: And and maybe there's something to be said there, too, again, as we continue to just rant about our chairs. You and I are kind of, as as we definitely are, are two you know, primary chair users, but we're very different people in terms of, of even our own abilities. You're a spina bifida hydrocephalus guy. Uh, and I'm, I'm a cerebral palsy guy. So when I fall out of my chair, I can jump in pretty quick based on the fact that I've still got, you know, a, a decently strong leg to brace myself. My left leg is much weaker now. Um, since I, you know, that's an unrelated story. I broke my femur like eight years ago, but anyways, um, but it's easy and quick for me to get into my chair, and for you, being uh, being uh, spina bifida uh, and having significant, well, literally no mobility uh, from certain points, it must be tougher to get into your chair uh,
1: when you have those moments, yeah? Yeah, it can be. Um, again, we we're, we're talking about this, and we're uh, we're uh, talking about whether it's humbling or not to ask for help. Yeah, but I mean. <laughs> Sometimes you ju- you just got to bite the bullet and say, "Hey, listen. I'm struggling. Can you can you give me a hand here?" And it it happens more often than not now that I'm approaching 35 than it did when I was 16, 17, 18 years old. You mean needing help? Yeah. 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 Oh,
2: and, and falling out of my chair.
0: <laughs> that too let's check in with Andy we haven't we've, We you and I have been talking to each other for far too long what are you saying Andy
2: so the flip side of of asking for help um, I'm sure it's happened to you guys where we we it might the dynamics might be a little different because you guys are chair users but you know the easy ways to get up you know what it takes to get back up uh, and like you said Chad um you can you can do it pretty quickly um, it's happened to me countless times where I'll fall over for whatever reason and people will rush over and they just very well meaning but they'll grab and try to like pull me up and it's it just it's not helpful right like I know how to stand up I got to make sure I have my balance and it, it more often than not it ends up being awkward I'll be like, no, just put me down so I can, uh, so I can uh, brace myself properly, all that kind of stuff.
1: I I was just gonna uh, kind of shift slightly to talk about uh, people helping or thinking that they can help and my wheelchair, and I I want to kind of talk about and uh, Chad, you, I know that you're not uh, you don't drive yet or you're, you don't have your own vehicle set up, mm-hmm. yet. but, uh, you might find this, um, when you start driving independently and you're on your own. But, uh, so I'll go somewhere, the mall or whatever, wherever, and I'll go park and, uh, you park and you, you know what, admittedly, it takes me a minute to get out of my car now, 35 years old. And, uh, then you got somebody pull up to you beside you who's twice your age and they're using the handicap spot because they, they're 65 or 75 years old and they, they continue to look at you and look at you and look at you and you're thinking to yourself, well, yeah, you're probably judging me because I'm half your age and why the hell am I using a handicap spot? And then you start getting out of your car and as (laughs) you're getting out of your car, they realize, Oh, this guy's in a wheelchair. I should go over and ask if he needs any help. (laughs) And by that time, you've already got out of your car. You've closed the door and you're halfway to the uh, the mall, mall entrance <laughs> or the flip, the flip side. You're getting back into your car and people are walking by you. And as you're halfway into your car, people are saying, oh, can I help you? Yeah. No, no. Please just walk on by. I've got this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a fine. fine line,
2: right? It's – um. I think in my in my age, I'm not a very bright guy, but I, I, I've gained some wisdom, I think, and it's knowing when to when to ask for help. Because you, well, I say you, I mean me. I, I've learned of my limitations. That doesn't mean um, I've gotten lazy. I just know what I can do and what I can't do. One of the biggest examples for me was when I went to Haiti a few years ago, we were going down to promote uh, inclusion in a 5-10K race that they were doing. So we're just going to the airport and having to ask for help to unload, like, a, a duffel bag full of supplies is one thing, right? And I had an amazing team that um, were very uh, aware of my uh, independence, but were also um, aware enough to say Andy, you're struggling a little bit do so you need help right so and that was just going to Haiti. when we got to Haiti um, one of the one of the Haitians that met us at the airport uh, as soon as I um, as soon as I unloaded my chair and jumped in it, he was just like, I'm with you and uh, I kept trying to tell him no, like I'm good. And there were certain points where I needed help, but he just, um, he, he, he always wanted to like push and um, not push as in like put his foot down, but push like physically push.
0: Yeah. I physically push you.
2: And uh, at first I kept telling him no, but um like our, our guide had to tell me like, it's a, it's a um it's a cultural thing there like he's he's uh he's only doing what he knows right and uh, yeah and for you to decline would be almost insulting so it it was a very humbling thing for me because like i said i'm very independent and and uh can be pretty stubborn right so it was a it was a it was a very cool experience
0: yeah we've talked at length before about your trip to haiti and um and your uh, run, your run experience or wheeling experience uh, with a hand cycle, um, but I, I want to sort of, sort of, and again, I, I'm naive when it comes to this kind of stuff. I've, I've just recently sort of started traveling to places other than Canada and the U.S. But I imagine the Haitian landscape down there it wasn't too friendly for wheelchair users in the first place. I don't see, I don't foresee a lot of nicely paved
2: gravel roads down there. Am I, am I wrong? Yeah. No. Where we were. Uh, was pretty pretty um the infrastructure was pretty developed so we were lucky in that respect there was a part of the um the trip where the group went up into the mountains and I I couldn't do that part so I stayed back so I didn't get to go up to the mountains and I just got to um really go through a day in the life of a Haitian and it was uh it was pretty amazing so I'm sure uh, we'll get more in depth into that uh, on another episode, but uh, yeah, I I have absolutely no complaints about not going up into the Haitian mountains for sure. So
0: we absolutely could devote an entire episode to your trip to Haiti, and, and perhaps we will. That's a that's a great um, a great uh, great idea moving forward. Um, I wanted to go back, and I, we're kind of all over the place, but I, we're the big big idea today for today's episode is that pride peace, and being humble and asking for help. Andy, you mentioned it earlier, you and I are both dads. Um, is it, and so you just had this experience with Maya, uh, it was a weekend. Yeah. A couple days on your own with, with
2: your daughter. Uh, just one day. So a full, a full day, okay. like I had to, um, I had to get her up, get her breakfast, um, all that stuff. And then nap time and, uh, my mom's pretty easy to convince to come down and help as long as she's free because she's grandma. So, um, so as long as she's around, she's uh, usually down here, but anyways, what's your question?
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just wondering again about the, the pride piece and and us being prideful individuals and being dads and, and excuse me, trying to do everything by ourselves. Is it, is it, is it a, I don't want to use the expression man card, but is it a shot to the man card to have to, to, uh, your mom came down on her own accord, or you had to ask her to come down to help out with stuff or, and, and how much of, how much of that was, because I know from speaking from my own experience and my guys are a little bit older. um, And honestly, there's incredible value um, in one of some of my favorite moments with my oldest son, Caleb now are like, It's so strange that asking him to help me could be an awesome experience because I never thought that it would be. But I mean, a perfect example for me is the things in the shelves that I can't reach that I will 100% just ask Caleb to do for me. And like today, we made dinner on our own as Crystal was was going to uh, uh, my wife as my wife was going to pick up our little guy from daycare. And the plates and stuff were above my head. Caleb had to help me with that stuff. That's not an issue for me anymore. It, maybe it used to be, but it, it's it's interesting because I find a sense of pride in in him. I'm so proud of him that he willingly and just he does it without even, you know, having to think about it because he knows that I can't reach that stuff. So I'm wondering to sort of get back to you, is it do you do you find it difficult to ask mom for help or is it more natural because it's mom or? and 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 maybe to um to sort of jump off that what kind of things do you need that help with with maya being you know uh just a couple years old because that's a, that's a crazy age um
2: yeah i mean i have to ask for her i'll she's not telepathic that would be pretty cool if she was but um <laughs> she just yeah. knows uh, but no i mean it's just maya still sleeps in her crib so just because of my balance, I can't, uh, like stand up to put her into it. Uh, if that makes sense. Um, so
0: absolutely. Yeah.
2: So she'll help like put her down for nap time. Um, or in this case, uh, bedtime as well. Like I, I can pick her up and kind of brace myself to get her out, but putting her in essentially, uh, I'd have to throw her into the, the crib. So <laughs> it's, not, it's not ideal, right? Yeah, for sure.
0: Yeah. Harkening back to uh, my own experience with my kids, again, I'm a chair user, so I would be sitting down. So the balance wasn't my issue. My issue was reach. Um, I had to, I could not lay my children down. Once they were at an age where they could sit up then I could reach into their crib and grab them under their arms and lift them in and out. Um, but until they could do that, that was probably, yeah, so, so, so you so I guess,
2: very situational. Your crib's ground level then, eh? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and we talk about no excuses, man. Uh, Maya doesn't let me make any excuses, right? Like she just, all day, she's like, no grandma, daddy do it, right? Like, so,
0: yeah, man. Yeah. And isn't that a, and isn't that a punch to the gut? Yeah.
2: I mean, well, I mean, so uh, like we talk about, we figure out ways to get stuff done, but there's, there's like, there's stuff I can't, I, I just can't do. Right. So um, yeah, I mean, I, it's a punch to the gut, but at the same time, it's pretty cool because um, at least in your kid's eyes, you, you, you are Superman, right? That's awesome. All right, we haven't heard from Brett in a while. the two
0: The two the two dads have been been ranting here. Brett, you're uh, you're an uncle. Your
1: uh, your um, nephews or nieces? I can't remember. Pal, one of each. Okay. my nephew Tom is six, and my niece Charlotte is four. There you go.
0: And have there been moments with them as we speak of sort of the innocence of kids? Have there been moments with them where they ever saw Uncle Brett as as limited or, or things that you couldn't do and and was that a was that a pride issue for you as well, or did it? How did that approach itself?
1: Well, some they still ask to this day why Uncle Brett's in a wheelchair, and I mean that that's an innocent enough question. And I mean, I, I handle it pretty good for the most part. And I, I, I'm fairly vague because I mean, you can't get into compl- complexities with a four and a six year old. They they just don't listen or or understand. Um, it, it can be pretty neat sometimes though, if we're, uh, in a mall or if we've gone to the zoo or somewhere where we're doing an awful lot of walking, they'll take turns hanging out, sitting on my lap or whatever. And so I do most of the, pardon the pun, leg hi Hiyo,
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. I think, um, yeah, it's funny. Uh, we're, we're, we're just all over the place in, in referencing the, the title of our podcast being no excuses, but there are, I think our reality is that, uh, that there does come a time where we can't, as much as we tell ourselves that we can, there are those moments of, oh man, I do need help. And you said it earlier in the, in the, the episode, Brett, that as we get older, those moments are, are coming more and more. Right. And, uh, and that's humbling in itself.
1: Well, I mean, I, I'm a few years younger than the both of
0: you, and oh, thanks for that.
1: Well, I mean, that's just the way the cookie crumbles.
0: <laughs> All right, so today's big thing has been about been been about uh, those prideful moments and asking for help. But of course, we always want to end our episodes as we move towards the end of tonight's episode with an offside moment where we uh, where we sort of get to those moments which have grinded our gears uh, maybe this week and, or just in general, but I know Andy, you got something fresh happened to you this week. Uh, you're you've been uh, you've been posting about it on social media and that's where I seen it. So uh, share with the world what happened to you this week. Cause uh, why not? We'll just see, we'll see what the internet has to say.
2: I don't know what it is, but Maya has a fascination with, with big like industrial trucks. Right. So uh, my wife, um, she found out that, uh, there was a place that was close that was having, a, it's called a touch a truck event. And so we went, we checked it out and I, I honestly have nothing bad to say about the event other than what I'm going to share. But Maya loved it. She had a blast. Um, and, uh, we were going to leave and um there was a cement mixer truck like parked parallel across four uh accessible spots in um apparently which makes sense now that I think about it apparently it was inside um the event which uh will be relevant as I continue the story but um So I snapped a picture, and you guys know as well as anybody, a lot of what I post online is not serious. Um, A lot (laughs) of it is very tongue-in-cheek. And uh, I just said shout-out to the particular um, company whose cement truck it was. Um, And it's relevant because I didn't tag – I didn't I didn't tag the company but their logo was displayed on the truck. I just took the picture. So and then but the lo- the logo was in full view in yeah. the picture, yeah. So I mean they're they're at an event. They're going to promote their bit, like it makes sense, right? So
0: yeah, and just to be clear, the, the truck was sideways across four four accessible parking yeah. spots.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, more than one person pointed out if it was inside the event then uh, maybe nobody would be parking there anyway. So, so there's two things there. Um, I, I, I've been talking a lot, so you guys can chime in and then I'll say what I have to say. Okay. So, and
0: so the mixer was a part of the event, the mix, the cement mixer was one of the, the trucks that could be touched by kids and stuff. Yeah. And so the logic being that nobody would park there anyway because it, that space was being used by all the trucks, right. right? I did I did see the photo, and I'll just speak to the photo itself. I friggin' loved the photo uh, because your daughter's sitting on your lap. You have got this giant truck behind you, and, and <coughs> excuse me, and the fact that the you could clearly see that, that it was parked across the spaces. It was fantastic. I was just waiting for, you know, the shitting grin on your face, but uh, you had your daughter with you, so you, you played it cool, I guess. What are you saying, Brett? You're you're remaining quiet over there as you take all
1: this in. Uh, I'm I'm in slight disagreement with Andy. Oh, beautiful! I love it. I love when this happens. Okay, let's let's have it. Let's have a chat. Okay, so you both have children, so you're both familiar with those pop up fairs that happen in mall parking lots all across. Absolutely, Canada. those death traps that my children love so much. Yeah, <laughs> right. And those happen. Of course, they happen across accessible spots as well. Yes. Those guys get permits for to be able to do what they do. Okay. So I'm assuming, and I, uh, I'm probably wrong, but uh, I'm going to assume anyway <laughs> that these people got permits to park their massive truck across the four handicapped spots, and. Logistically, it would have
2: been a nightmare either way. So, what you're saying is, these pop up carnivals, they take all the parking spots, and accessible parking spots just happen to be lumped in with those. Is that what you're saying? A lot of collateral damage.
1: That- well, the par- the handicap parking spot doesn't move when when the parking lot gets used, right? <laughs> For one reason or another, whether it be me parking there or a Ferris wheel deciding it wants to park there for four days. And my, and my question to to you would be this, if they're using the parking lot, like you said, they were, and I saw the picture as well. Where did everybody else park? Mm.
2: The main entrance for the event was on the other side of all these open, open fields, basically. Right. So or was there a parking lot on the other side no the main parking lot is off the um, is off the main entrance in this case right so um, this truck was basically down an alley beside a um, a building I don't know what the building was called but it, it wasn't close to the main parking lot and so this truck, parked across accessible spots for people who would be y- using this building for other events, right? Was the
1: was the building in question still open? Uh, were the businesses in the building still opened during this event?
2: Yes, because that, that's where the washrooms were. So the building was open, 100%. And again, to be fair, I, I didn't park in a, an accessible spot that day i parked with with two open spots beside me like just cuz i knew i'd jump into my chair and it's not an issue for me to be close right i'm just trying to play devil's advocate and the comments i got online innocent honest reactions but uh in all honesty i think it's oversight by the organizers with that being said the truck driver would not look at me when i was trying to take <laughs> this is my favorite part there was a guy inside the truck. He was he was at his vehicle and he wouldn't look at me, at all. Um, so, so that makes me question. Like I don't know. There's a lot of questions. It was a stupid picture. I'm not. No, I'm gonna take that back. It wasn't a stupid picture. It was a lighthearted picture, and uh, it got a little more traction than uh, I anticipated to be completely honest. So fair enough.
0: All right. Uh, listen, everyone, thanks so much for joining us tonight. We've had a blast with you guys, and we certainly hope that uh, you're enjoying this half as much as we are. Brett, is uh, we're, we're losing the friend of the show title. We're calling you a regular. Say goodnight to everybody,
1: Bresky until, until next time. Gentlemen, have a wonderful evening. Thanks again for letting me be a part of this, and we, I look forward to joining you again.
0: That's it. You can you can absolutely look forward to it. He is no longer a quote-unquote friend of the show. I think we're going to keep having him back and and just keep trying to bring real talk to uh, to disabilities with, with no excuses. Thanks again for listening to this week's episode. Once again, you can go back and listen to all previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, any podcatcher of your choice. We're on all the major outlets. We deeply appreciate you guys checking us out and hope that you stick around for more. So until next time, Chad, Andy, and Brett saying see you later.